County Administrator Brian McFadden now joins us. Uh, Brian, good morning to you. First of all, I know you're concerned about property tax relief. Explain to everybody what you guys have cooked up. Sure. Well, we have a county board meeting tonight at 530. Uh, There's actually three items on the agenda, all of which are uh, designed to provide some sort of temporary relief to uh, property taxpayers, to uh, liquor license holders, and to uh, food permit uh, license holders, but the, <clears throat> the property tax in particular, um, I think we all know it's a huge uh, revenue item, uh, generates about $350 million uh, here in Sangamon County out of the property tax. Um, because the governor has uh, made a disaster declaration, state law gives us, us the county, a couple of uh, options uh, as a result of that. One, it's important to point out, is to not just waive the property taxes. That would take an act of the Illinois State Legislature. But it does allow us to do two things, which is postpone the uh, delinquent dates and um, waive any interest penalties. So what the board will do tonight is essentially uh, follow the same process we have always have as far as when the bills go out, a little bit later than usual when the bills go out. And um, people, instead of being given usually about 30 days to pay and then penalties, start after that, they'll instead have into September uh, 90 days to make the payment uh, and without any uh, interest penalties. Brian, uh, how is the county uh, planning on funding essential services if uh, that money is going to be delayed? I know I've heard other counties across the state maybe having the treasurer provide some loan, the county treasurer provide some loans from various funds and then have the, the county's taxpayers pay those loans back essentially whenever uh, this this thing subsides and, and you, can, you can start bringing in that property tax. How, how are those essential services going to be uh, maintained when the county's not getting that, the, those dollars? Well, a couple of different ways. And one, I uh, just want to point out that the county collects the, the property tax and then disperses it out to all the taxing right. bodies, including the county itself. And, you know, what we've been trying to do is balance the, the interest of giving some relief to the taxpayer, but also acknowledging that this is the largest revenue source, not only for Sangamon County, but for uh, most, if not all, of our school districts and park districts and so on. So as a county, we have uh, a couple of options. Uh, we can do interfund borrowing. Uh, county government, a lot like city governments and other governments, is just a bunch of funds, uh, over 100 funds in the case of the county, which are in varying financial states because of how revenue flows in and out of them. So you can do some interfund borrowing to, to cover bills. You can also borrow against future property tax revenue. The, the, the kind of the, the bad thing about the property tax revenue from a government perspective is it only comes in twice a year. So it's in many ways, it's feast or famine. And if you're heavily dependent on the property tax revenue, um, you know, it's twice a year you're going to get a significant amount of revenue. The rest of the year you got to write that out. So there is, by law, uh, you can do something called tax anticipation warrants where you borrow against your future property tax revenue. And that's not unusual for uh, local governments to do that. County Administrator Brian McFadden is with us on the WMAY Morning News feed at 643. Uh, Brian, let's talk about that situation, the county going to borrowing things. This has probably been one of the most fiscally responsible governmental bodies in the entire state of Illinois. You guys have done an amazing job with the revenue that you've taken in. What kind of shape is the county in if they have to borrow? Is there a rainy day fund in place? Or if you have to borrow, are you going to be able to get a lower interest rate because you've been so fiscally responsible? Well, you build up reserves. You build up a rainy day fund exactly for a day like this that's coming up. Um, so we will be drawing on reserves that we've been building up just over years for, again, just for this purpose. Uh, we also believe that there is going to be some property tax revenue that is going to come through the door. People are already are paying, prepaying their property taxes. 
what the, the plan the county is going to adopt, I believe, tonight does not preclude you from paying your property taxes if you want to on time. Uh, a lot of people pay through escrow, so that money has been setting in banks for some time now waiting to be sent to the county and then dispersed to taxing bodies. So I, there's still going to be some revenue flowing through, but, but our approach financially with this is how it has been really since uh, the whole issue with the COVID-19 has surfaced and we've seen a lot of the shutdowns is every day we're looking at, at where our funds are sitting at and reserves and, and different changes we may need to make. And we've made a number of projections of how we think uh, things are going to flow out and model out. The uniqueness of the property tax revenue is it is the largest property tax, uh, excuse me, largest revenue source that the county does get. It's about 30, uh, $31, 32000000 million that the county receives uh, through the property tax. So it's a large item for us to, to have put off for an amount of time. But the borrowing is not a given, but it's just an option. But but tapping reserves is another option. Doing interfund borrowing is another option as well. So uh, delaying the due date and waiving uh, late penalties, that's what you guys are looking at for property taxpayers. Correct. I mean, okay. essentially, you're going to have till the next payments due in September to make the payment, and you won't be uh, charged any interest fees or penalties because it's past the normal 30-day due date. What are you looking at for uh, liquor license holders and restaurants? Two uh, two businesses, I'm sure that are just really yeah. right now and being uh, uh, impacted uh, six ways from Sunday. Well, the same thing there. Just trying to provide a little breathing room for the businesses. Um, liquor license holders are going to be given the option of making two payments instead of one. All liquor license and, and unincorporated Sangamon County uh, come up for renewal July 1. Uh, most of them have to make an annual payment at that time. It will give them the option of making smaller payments uh, spread out over uh, the year, so that will help uh, cushion some of the financial blow. And then on the food service permits, which are primarily restaurants, those are the, the ones that, that pay the larger permit fees, Essentially, your your license is going to be extended, uh, automatically extended, so it's not going to expire. Um, these licenses are different than the liquor licenses. That every month, there's 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 food permit service licenses that are expiring. So when your due date comes up, uh, theoretically it's May one, your license is going to be extended uh, throughout the time of the the local disaster declaration that was made by the county board. You don't have to pay your licenses; it continues, so you can still continue to operate. Then what it says is that once the disaster declaration is declared over by the county board, then there's a 60-day period that you do need to uh, pay for your your license permit. And again, uh, food service permits can also be paid twice over a year as well. That that benefit's already there. So again, designed to give some breathing room for for our businesses that are really are struggling right now uh, that have felt the most brunt of the stay-at-home order. Brian, I know this comes up, and again, Brian McFadden, County Administrator, is with us on the WMAY Morning News Feed at 647 from News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. I realize, Brian, this comes down a little more on the Department of Public Health than uh, the, you per se, but what are we doing as far as food inspecting goes, you know, in this time? It's really kind of tough here because you can't go into the restaurants, so to speak, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are doing curbside and takeout service. What kind of inspections are going on at this time, if any? Well, more of the inspections being done now are more by complaint-driven. Uh, there's a, an annual inspection, and depending on what kind of uh, food service license you have, whether it's a high-risk, medium-risk, low-risk, you're going to see uh, a public health inspector more often than you would if you had a low-risk. So there's a lot of variables at work, but they are doing 
uh, complaint-driven process, uh, going out and inspecting. I know they've been reached out to a lot of the license holders just to find out who's open, who's closed, who's operating differently. So it's for them, for the inspectors, it's kind of a brave new world as well. But they're staying in touch with the, the license holders. And, again, the inspections themselves are not something that's scheduled. It's it's more uh, you know meant to, to come in at any point of time during the year and see how normal operations are within that uh, uh, restaurant or food truck or whatever it might be. Well, and, and on that note, too, um, you know, we're going to hear from the president sometime this week. We've already got state lawmakers talking about it, getting things opened back up. When we do see that move towards uh, uh, reopening the economy, uh, what kind of steps are going to be taken to ensure that, uh, you know, whatever policies are put in place are uh, followed or, uh, again, with the health inspections of restaurants or, or however it may be, is that going to take more time and resources to kind of uh, get the engine started back up, so to speak? It will, and it's going to be that way really throughout county government. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of court activity. There still is court activity every day, but a lot of stuff has been put off for uh, when there's a reopening, and, and there will be a reopening. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different investigations that are being done by people at the county. There's a lot of different uh, paperwork that gets processed by people down at the county, and the inspections fall in the same category. The, the sense is that uh, when it is reopened and things uh, return to normal, it'll probably be on a gradual basis, but that, yeah, there's gonna, we're going to go from uh, from zero to 60 for a lot of the departments of, of county government. And, and you know, and we I joke around with the court security guys in the morning when I come in. It's pretty quiet, but they, uh, they, they, they're they going to see a lot of activity when, when this gets cleared up. Will we have a ribbon cutting? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we have a no, ribbon cutting? A, a grand reopening? <laughs> Get the sign I out I don't think that... Yeah, I don't think that's in the works. I'm not ah. sure that... Uh, yeah. Like I said, it may be a gradual thing, and, sure. you know, and... From our from county health perspective, you know we're going to re- rely heavily, as we have from the very beginning of this, on our local medical advisors who who we talk to daily uh, on whatever the issue might be that day that we have to deal with, but also just uh, in the in the in the the big picture of where things are at moving locally here in Sangamon County. So that discussion happens every day. It's going to happen today again, probably around nine o'clock. So. Uh, but that's part of the discussion. County Administrator Brian McFadden, we thank you so much for your time. And anything you need, you just let us know, okay? 